Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Thanksgiving. You know, I, uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, they say that in Turkey, there's something that actually makes you sleepy. I, I think that that's not true. I think it's the copious amounts of food that we eat that actually makes us sleepy. But I, I hope that you're not tired today. Are you tired today? That was not convincing at all. Let's just, are you tired today? Okay, great, great. So glad to hear that, even if it's coerced. I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 23. Today, we're going to be talking about fighting. You know, we're in a battle. Everyone in this place is in a battle. You have been set apart to fight the good fight of faith. I was thinking this morning when we were, when we were worshiping, I was thinking about uh, our friends in Syria. There's uh, Pastor Grimal uh, and Micheline are ministering in Syria. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Syria right now is in the middle of a war. And the stories that, that we hear are just incredible. They're facing persecution. They're facing all sorts of uh, just incredible opposition. Uh, Pastor Gamal has been preaching uh, multiple times and they've tried to kill him while he's preaching. Uh, he's been shot at by snipers and literally the ball, bullets just fall to the ground in front of him. And, um, and so he's in the middle of a battle. And so for Pastor Gamal and Micheline, it is easy for them to remember that they're in a fight. Why? Because the fight is surrounding them. It's all around them. The opposition is, is clear as day. For us, you know, the devil, he, he, his tactic is to get us however he can. And for us in the American church and here in Chicago, even though it's cold, we don't really face persecution. Some might say that cold is, is borderline persecution, but I'm just kidding. The church around the world is truly experiencing persecution, but we in America, oftentimes Christianity is one of those things that, that we, actually, we actually are continually trying to put things around us that cause us to forget that we're in a battle. Anything that is uncomfortable, we try to make a little bit more money or try to, try to maneuver things so that any discomfort is, is, is eliminated. And what happens is in the church sometimes we can forget that we're in the middle of a fight. We can forget that, that we have not been called to an easy life. We have been called to a battle. You have been saved 
and you have been rescued out of the kingdom of darkness and now you are being brought into the kingdom of light for those of you who have a relationship with Jesus. And those of you who are in that place, you are in a battle. And we need to be aggressive. Listen to this verse. Matthew 11 verse 12 explains it very clearly. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. In other words, if you're a part of the kingdom of heaven, then you are in a violent struggle to advance the kingdom of God. Your role and your calling is to push forward the kingdom of heaven. And so today, I, I want to look at a story that I think is going to illustrate this for us really well. It's going to help us to, to identify, you know what, we as the American church, we as the Chicago Tabernacle, we cannot fall asleep. We are in the middle of a battle. And sometimes, if we're not careful, there's so many things around us that make us so comfortable that Jesus is knocking on the door and he's saying, hey, I am here to bring revival. I am here to bring salvation. I am here to defeat the enemy. I am here to undo the works of the enemy. But we can't hear him because we're so comfortable and we've turned off any, anything that would make us out of our groove. But today, I hope you're awake you might have turkey in your system, but today it's time to wake up. Amen? It's time to wake up. The days are short and your calling is important. So I want to I dive into this text. Uh, before I do, I, I want to just, um, I want to read, uh, or excuse me, I want to just give you some context. Um, we're going to be looking at this passage. It's in the Old Testament and basically... Uh, this passage is a story. It's a list of stories about David's mighty men. And it's a little bit of an obscure passage, but what it does is it's showing how David, who was a righteous king and who was a mighty warrior, right? We remember that David killed Goliath and that David won all sorts of different battles for the people of Israel. And what it's looking at is how David was not alone, but he actually had a lot of mighty men that were fighting next to him. And these were his bravest warriors, his, his most valiant warriors. And so these stories are showing the heart of a warrior. These stories are giving you a, a snapshot of how valiant and how incredible these warriors were. And I don't know about you, but in God. I want to be mighty. I, I don't think I'm arrogant for saying that. I, I just, I want to be strong in God. I, I want to be able to be victorious in God. Are you with me on that? I, I want to have a relationship with God that, that the devil is afraid of. I, I want to have a relationship with God that sets the captives free. I want to be close to Jesus in such a way that when I come into a place, the atmosphere shifts. That's our calling. That's the battle that we're in. And these men were physical examples of what we are supposed to experience in the Spirit. And so I want to read this passage, and I want to give us then, uh, just say a couple things, and then we'll 
we'll make a few observations and pray. So turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 9. Next to him was Eliezer, son of Dodai, the Ahoahite. How do you like that name? Dodai. Some translations say Dodo. No joke. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pass Damim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated. But Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. Let's pray. Jesus, today, give us a fighting spirit. We pray that apathy would break. We pray, oh God, Lord, that lethargy would melt off. We pray, oh God, Lord, that you would set us on fire. We ask, oh God, Lord, that you would awaken us, oh God, to the realities of what we are facing and what we are surrounded by. Jesus, we're praying that today, oh God, Lord, that those things that are dead would come to life. And we speak it into existence. May the dead awaken today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this passage, it, it's, it's twofold. And the first part is really about what we must believe in order to have a fighting spirit. You know, things start in our mind and then they transfer to our actions. And so what you believe and what you think is incredibly important. And so the first part of this passage, what I want to focus on is, is what you believe and what you think in order to be spiritually fit, in order to be able to fight the battles that God has called you to. And the second part of that passage is then about what to do when a battle comes to your doorstep. Because if you're not in a battle right now, then you're asleep. If you're not upset about what the devil's doing, you're sleeping on what the devil's doing. If you don't drive through the streets of Chicago and your heart breaks, you're asleep. If you don't, if you don't look at your coworkers and your heart breaks and you say, God, I desperately want to see them know the love of you. If, that doesn't, if that's not a part of your daily walk, then you are being lulled to sleep. You know, a lot of the times we can, we can say a lot of Christian things and we can kind of have an idea of what our Christian walk is supposed to be like, but, but we, can, we can miss out on the heart of God. We can forget that Jesus, he's not just this, you know, cuddly person that just wants to just, you know, like we think about him like a, like a Santa Claus, you know. We just want to like sit on his lap and just be comforted. And he'll give us things. The Bible says that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. When I was growing up, Jesus, you know, he had like this, uh, uh, I grew up around the church. And, and so when I was in Sunday school, I'm not sure why, but every time I saw Jesus, he had a white robe and then a pastel colored sash of some sort. I was always happy when at least it was blue, you know, because I'm like, Jesus is wearing a purple sash. He's wearing like a pink sash. He's wearing, you know, I'm like, and so 
Jesus, he was very kind, and he would walk around, and, you know, he didn't disturb anything, and, and, and he was just very nice, and he niced people to salvation. But that's not actually how it happened. The kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. And so when we follow Jesus, it's important to remember that you're not supposed to just be nice. You're supposed to fight. That's what God has made you to do. We have been called to a fight. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to get a little wake-up call, right? Listen. When you fight for the kingdom, you fight with the king. A lot of the times, amen. When, when you're fighting for the things of God, one of the things that happens is you win. A lot of you might be in this place and you're like, oh, I got a battle and I got a struggle. I want to tell you something. I, I want to clarify what kind of battle we're talking about before we go into this. Because a lot of the times we can get so overwhelmed with our issues and our stuff that we actually start thinking about our issues as God's battle. You say, you know, God, I just, if you would just fix this, my life would be so good. You know, God, if you would just do that, everything would be great. And, you know, if I could just, if... If I could get a better job, and if I could do this, and, and look, I'm not saying God doesn't want to bless you with those things, but that's not God's battle. You have to be able to distinguish, most of the time it's not. You have to be able to distinguish, what is, what do I want for my comfort, and what is God asking me to do for His kingdom? There's a difference. And sometimes we can get so frustrated, we can say, God, you know, you're, you said that you were on my side. And God says, you know, you're on my side. I, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm here to bless you, but I'm here to accomplish my purposes. Okay, we're going to keep moving. So, Listen. Here's the thing, uh, you know, as I was looking at this passage, this is such a, a, a just a, a really incredible passage because it's so s short, but there's so much packed into it. And, and whenever you read the Bible, it's important to remember that there's always names, uh, that the names, typically they have meaning. And, and the names in the Bible are really important. And so when you read this text, there's, there's some really incredible insights that we can gain from the names of the people in this text. And you know, when you come to the, to the scripture, when you do a deep dive, sometimes it's important to find out the meaning of the name. And so I did some research, and here's the deal. Eliezer was the man who was fighting, and Eliezer, his name, guess what it means? It means God helps. Eliezer's name was wrapped up in the belief that God would help him. What's your identity? What's your name? I, I believe that a lot of the reason that, that some of us are asleep is because we don't really understand who we are. We don't understand the stakes 
that are in place. We don't understand how, how incredible it is what God has called us to. And so Eliezer understood in the middle of this battle, in the middle of facing the enemy, God helps me. God is my help. And his father's name, Dodai, or Dodo, his father's name is a, a, a derivative of uh, David. It's a, it's a breakdown of the name David. And what David means is beloved of God or loved by God. And so Eliezer grew up in an environment where he understood that God is my help. And not only that, but I am loved by God. That's the environment that he grew up in. And it's important for us to remember, I, I believe truly, if we understood the incredible immensity of God's love for us, then we wouldn't be asleep. It, it's, not, it's not something that, that we're trying to say, oh, well, you know what, you just got to, you know, you better wake up. And, and this is not a condemning message. This is not a message to make you feel bad. This is a message to awaken you. You know, when I, when I used to, uh, I, anyone ever been asleep? I'm going to go to food. You know food, right? So uh, I always talk about food. If you've not heard me speak before, there's at least three or four illustrations about food because it's a, it's a picture of the kingdom. It's so beautiful. There's going to be food in heaven. I don't, I'm not sure. There's no steak, but there is going to be fruit and vegetables I know that they're going to step it up in heaven because fruit and vegetables here is not going to cut it for me. But in heaven, it's going to be good. So anyways, distracted. Come on. Here we go. Back. Here's the deal. When you're asleep, I remember whenever we would go to visit my grandmother, I would fall asleep. But I will remember that, that I would hear pans clanging in the kitchen. And that was like my alarm clock. Because I knew she was getting up to cook breakfast. And then I would begin to smell bacon and sausage. And I know I'm, I'm taking us all into the flesh here. But when you have a reason to wake up, it's not out of obligation. It's something that you love to do. You know, the, the Russian Red Army in World War II, they had... They had these troops, I want to make sure I get the name right, it was the uh, barrier troops. And what would happen is whenever there was an, a particularly fierce battle, the, the front lines would be obviously at the front and then the barrier troops would be behind the front lines in a safer location. And the way that it was communicated to the, bear, to, the, to, the, to the Russian army, to the Red Army, and this isn't the only army that did this. There's other armies in history that have done this. But what would be communicated to them is they said, the barrier troops are here to attack anyone that retreats. So they would have people on the front lines. And they said, you have two choices. You can take a bullet from the enemy or from your friends. One is a bullet in shame, one is a bullet in honor. That is not how God operates. There are no barrier troops. Sometimes we think that like, you know, 
oh well, you know, I, I just God is like whipping me into shape, and I, I've gotta, I've gotta go to the front lines, and I just gotta lay it all down, and you know, God wants me to sacrifice everything because He wants me to be miserable. That's not, that's not the heart of God. The heart of God, He says, when you love something, you'll do anything for them. You know, I, I do all sorts of things for my kids that I would not do were they not there. For example, we have a dog. Period. <laughs> uh, there's things that you do because you love someone. There's things that you do just because you say it's worth it. And you know, when Eliezer was standing at the front lines, he understood, he says, I know who I am. I'm the one that God helps. I'm the one that God loves. And so it doesn't matter what's happening around me. You know, sometimes we look to the right and to the left for the validation of the people around us to say what our call is. To validate, oh, you know what, you're strong enough, you're able. But, but... Eliezer, he stood there and he says, everyone else is leaving me. You know, David was there. David ran away. But he says, David is not the one I'm worshiping. It's God. He says, this is not David's battle. This is God's battle. And I know God is going to help me. And I know God loves me. Some of us need to turn off the voices of the world around us. Stop looking at social media to see if you're on track with your life. Stop, stop trying to keep up with the Joneses to try to, to, try to validate who you are and, and making your life meaningful. Listen, it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have or what position you have or what authority you carry in this world. All of that is going to burn up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what other people say about you or what they think about you because the bottom line is God has called you to a fight and you're at the front lines and the only thing that you have to do is not look around you but look up. God has called you to be victorious. God never sends you into a battle that he plans on losing. Never. If you're, in, if you're fighting a battle for the kingdom, you're going to win. You know, there's, there's different kinds of battles. But I, I believe that um, when we fight God's battles, there's a clarity that comes into our spirit. And in order to fight the right battle, you have to believe who God has called you to be. And you have to accept that. Not look around you, not look to the right or to the left. You know, this story is, I, I, it's like, it, this is funny in a sense. Because they're all, the Bible says they were all taunting the Philistines. Did you pick that up? So they're making, you know, your mama jokes about the Philistines. And they're like taunting them and talking trash and all of that kind of stuff. And then the Philistines start to attack and what do they do? Run. Some people are all talk. But that's not our calling. We're not a people of all talk. You know, like there's this, there's this thing in Christianity and in the church sometimes you'll run across people that they know certain sayings. 
they know like certain things to say and oh well you know oh god bless you brother and and but but you don't but let me ask you a question when you say god bless you that is a really powerful thing to say if you say it with conviction and you say god is going to bless you because i know that his blessing is inside of me and i'm giving it to you it's not just something that we say. It means something. There's power in the words that you say. And you know what? There's a big difference between someone that knows Christian sayings and someone that walks with Christ's authority. There's a big difference. And you know, if you go into a fight with a bunch of pithy sayings, you will lose. You have to go into a fight with the authority and the understanding of saying, I know who I am because God told me. God spoke it to my life. Not another preacher, not a devotional, not a, another person. God told me who I am. I know who I am because I was in the presence of God and he gave me the grace to know, I know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. So, what do we do when the battle comes? Look at what Eliezer did. But Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. You know, sometimes we don't realize the importance of standing our ground. That's what God has called us to. God has called us to stand our ground. You know, sometimes, have you ever noticed this? Sometimes you're in the middle of a fight and you all of a sudden convince yourself it's not that important. I know that, I don't know about you, that maybe this is, I, mornings, early mornings are hard for me, okay? Is there anyone else that early mornings are hard for you? So hard for me. I, I feel like, you know, I, I just, I, I love sleep, and I especially love sleep in the morning. I don't know why, but that's just how it is. And so waking up in the morning, I, I do wake up early, but I, it's hard. It's really hard, and I'm not always successful. And you know that moment when the alarm goes off, the night before you go to sleep, you are deeply convicted about waking up early the next day to accomplish the mission that God has called you to, to fulfill the work that you have to do. For some reason, when the alarm goes off, you have the most logical reason to stay in bed. All of the, the thought process of the night before and everything that you made a decision, you, you tattooed yourself, I will wake up early tomorrow morning. But when that alarm goes off for some reason, you're able to convince yourself five more minutes is gonna make a difference. That's how it is in a battle. We can talk a talk right here. It's easy to say at the altar, oh God, I belong to you, do whatever you want. I'll follow you anywhere. But what about when the battle comes? What about when the enemy is there? It's not about the words that we say, it's not about the talk, sometimes we can 
de-legitimize the battle and we could say, ah, it's not that big a deal. It was just a joke. No, that was your reputation. It, it was just, you know, it's just, it's just one night, everyone does this. No, that was your purity. Oh, it's, it, you know, this is, it's, it's just one drink and, and these people, no, no, no. That was your reputation. Don't get confused in the middle of a battle. Because in the middle of a battle, the enemy's going to attack and he's going to say, ah, oh, it's not that big a deal. This is really not a hill to die on. This is not that big. In fact, other people will probably say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, it's just, it's just a little thing. It's not that big a deal. And we can convince ourselves out of fighting the battles that God has called us to fight. You know, the field that they were fighting in, it was a barley field. How many of you like barley? That's what I thought. Who cares about barley? I don't like barley. You probably never even had barley. You're like, I don't know, maybe it's in like an oatmeal I eat. I don't know. It's like, I, I don't know. I've, I don't see any barley recipes. That's where they were fighting. It was a barley field. And you know, it's pretty, uh, maybe David and his men were like, you know, does anyone even want this field? Is this really that big a deal? It's not Jerusalem. You know, this field is, it's not that big a deal. Let, let, let's, let's save our energy for another day. And they left. But you know what? The call of God on your life is so important. The dreams that God has placed in your life are so important. You have to understand that God has set you apart for a specific purpose. And everything that God has called you to do is incredibly important. When there's a battle for the kingdom, there is no insignificant battle. There is no insignificant battle. Some of you, your kids come home and you hear something come out of their mouth that you know that's not right. That's a battle to fight. It's, a, it's just to say, hey, 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 where'd you learn that? Who taught you that that was true? That's not true. That's not who you are. That's a battle to fight. When you go to your workplace and they say, hey, we need you to do this and we need you to do that. And you know it's illegal, it's wrong. And they come to you and they say, do that. And you say, ah, oh, you know, everyone's doing it. I need a job. And what am I supposed to do? You know, it's my boss. He's telling me what to do. No, it's a battle to fight. God will fight your battles. Don't allow yourself to delegitimize the battles that God places you in. Because the, God, the, the battles that God places you in are going to be different than the battles he places me in and the person that's next to you. It's going to be different. Your family is worth fighting for. Your reputation is worth fighting for. Your, your neighborhood is worth fighting for. Your workplace is worth fighting for. You are in a battle, in a constant struggle. And there might not be bullets flying around you like they are in Syria. But here today, we are still in a battle and we have to be awake. And we have to be aware that the devil is prowling, prowling around like a roaring lion. But we serve the lion of the tribe of Judah. There is no backing down from the devil who wants to throw you off of your mission and your calling. 
for such a time as this, you've been set apart. I think about Pastor Simbola. Pastor Simbola is uh, um, Chrissy's father, and I think about when he was when he just started in the ministry in in Brooklyn. And if you know the story, there was he would he would come and there would be uh, he would he would be in a prayer meeting and it was just a small group of people and lots of problems. Drug addicts, gangbangers, prostitutes, everybody was broken and everybody was having problems. And you know, I think about those moments and I think about he had no idea you were going to be here. He couldn't see that far ahead. He just knew God has called me to this battle and this is the battle that I'm going to win for the kingdom. Because you don't know that your barley field might be a significant move for the kingdom of God. You have no idea. You know what's interesting about a barley field is that a barley field, guess what? That field that they were fighting in is still bearing fruit today. You know why? Because land continues to produce fruit. And you don't know it, but the battle you're fighting today, you're not just fighting for you, you're fighting for the generations to come. And when you win your battle in the kingdom, guess what? It's one more battle that someone else doesn't have to fight. The place that they were fighting was, it was called Pas Damim. The meaning of that is border of blood. In other words, this was a place where there was a, 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 it had a history of a lot of vicious battles and men, a lot of blood was spilt in that place. You know what's significant is that that was the same field that David killed Goliath in. And so here they are. Eliezer is standing in the middle of this battlefield and the, the, the Philistines began to march against them. And he says, wait a second, we've already fought a battle here. Goliath fell here. But wait a second, David just ran, but it doesn't matter because it's the Lord's battle. And so Eliezer stood right there in the middle of that field and he says, if God is for me, who can be against me? You know, sometimes we give up ground to the enemy that Jesus has already purchased on the cross. Did you know that peace is a part of your inheritance? Did you know that joy is a part of your inheritance? Did you know that freedom from sin is a part of your inheritance? Did you know, listen to me, uh, listen to me. Freedom from sin is a part of your inheritance. You are free from sin and bondage. You don't have to live in depression anymore because joy has been given to you. It's a part of your inheritance. You have been called to be victorious. You don't have to live a defeated life. Being victorious is a part of your inheritance. Jesus died on the cross so that we could live in victory. And just like it says in the Bible that this was the border of blood. Whenever the enemy tries to cross the border of Jesus' blood into your life, you say, no, the enemy will not cross the salvation that I have experienced because Jesus paid too much on the cross for me to let the enemy take what God has already purchased. 
It's not worth it. And I've been given too much power and authority to let the devil try to walk up on the inheritance that God has given to me. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. The enemy has tents in places that don't belong to him. The enemy is, he is he's, he's camping out in places in your life that you should not be okay with. If you're not upset about the enemy's progress in your life, then you're asleep. It's time for us to wake up and say, no, Jesus spilt his blood so that I can walk in freedom. What does it look like? We're going to pray. What did he do? He held his sword until it froze to his hand. Did you know that you've been given the right weapons? He held his weapons. Listen, don't drop your sword. Sometimes we get so discouraged and we just give up. We just give in. It's like, oh, well, you know, I guess this is the thoughts that I have to think. No, you don't have to think those thoughts. You've been given the mind of Christ. Well, I guess this is just the way that it has to be because, you know, this is what, this is just what it is. It's not just what it is. God has given you the weapons of righteousness. When the enemy comes against you, you take your word and you open it up and you say, this is the truth. My circumstances are not the truth. This is the truth. The things that are coming against me, the lies that are coming into my head, I don't have to worry about that. This is what the Bible says. No weapon formed against me will prosper. When discouragement creeps in and you feel like there's no way that you can pray, guess what you need to do? Begin to worship. You know, sometimes, and this is something that the Lord has just been teaching me recently, is that we live in a world where there's so much music. I have music on all the time, and I love to listen to worship music, but I realize that I'm missing out sometimes because I have worship music playing, but I'm not worshiping. And sometimes I, I am here, and I don't say this to condemn anyone, but I'm just, this is a moment of teaching. Sometimes I see people come into the presence of God, and you can't worship God by listening. You worship God by opening your mouth and declaring His praises. Just because you're around worship doesn't mean you're worshiping. It's our job to say, God, you will receive praise from my life. You will receive what is due your name from me. He's given us the weapons to fight. Don't lay them down. Let your hand freeze to it. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let the Word of God go. If you didn't read your Bible yesterday, don't beat yourself up. Just read it today. If you feel like, man, I haven't been worshiping, that, just, just start worshiping. If, if prayer is something that you just don't do very often and you're just like, well, I just don't pray enough, that's okay, just pray. It's not too late and you have enough grace and God wants to help you because the Bible says Eliezer means God is my help. Come on, let's stand. I want to pray today that the Lord would give us a fighting spirit. 
that the Lord would break off passivity. We're not supposed to be passive Christians. We're not supposed to just let life happen to us. We're supposed to be deeply convicted about the calling and the mission that God has placed on our life. God has given you a call. He's given you gifts. He's given you abilities. He's giving you weapons of righteousness in your right and in your left. Come on, begin to close your eyes and just reach out to God.